either we heal as a team or we're going to crumble. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell. One inch at a time. Welcome to Talking Giants. That's right. I'm Bobby here with my co-host Danny Boy King. We got ourselves a new name. We are no longer Giants Nation podcast. We are moving on from New York Sports Nation. Everything is good with them. No ill will. We just have a better opportunity, and we're going to have more to come about that announcement. Um, people that are familiar with the company that we're moving to, you can probably tell where we're moving to just by their name alone. That being said, the real deal announcement is going to be coming within the week. I'm excited about it. It's going to be some good stuff, but thank you again to New York Sports Nation. Wegren, it's been fun. It's, I've been there for you know almost a year. Danny, you had been doing some stuff for them for the time. But that being said, it was it was time for us to move on, and I'm excited about the future. How are you doing, Danny? Doing good. Yes, it's, I'm looking forward to what's ahead with the show. Definitely. All right, so it's a big week to be talking some Giants. We got Landon Collins leaving, the possibility of Josh Rosen coming, and we have an interview coming with Dan Duggan covering all this later. So let's get right into it, Danny. The Giants decided to not franchise tag Landon Collins, and – Almost all I haven't I've seen maybe one or two Giants fans who completely agree with this decision. Before we dive too deep into it, I'll give uh, a basic feeling that I have is I am not mad that we are not giving Landon Collins a long term contract, but I am mad that we're not franchise tagging him and giving him another year when it just seems like there'd be there I don't I don't see what would be the harm in franchise tagging him. Unless there's some few other things that we'll talk about. But, Danny, I mean, I know you're probably a little more mad about this than me. How are you feeling about it, Danny? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm quite mad. I, was, I can't say I'm surprised because I put out on my Twitter that it w- I, I'm not – because I said I feel like the Giants aren't going to tag him. And then the news finally came out that they didn't tag him. And so as I read that, obviously I was quite furious. I kind of went on a little rant on my Twitter account. But l- let me say this. This defense is not good. It is terrible. And we have just shipped away a young core piece of it. We're also going to be shipping away Olivier Vernon, it seems like. That seems like he's either going to be traded or cut. So now all we really have is Janoris Jenkins. But Landon Collins, was he the best safety in the game? No, he, he wasn't. But let's be real. But he's one of our best defenders. And he puts everything out on the field every single Sunday, even when he was injured with that torn labrum. I'm furious at it. I, unless, I'm not sure what the plan is. I'm not sure who can replace Landon Collins. This is a loaded safety market. But it's just right now, where we are with this team, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense because we had him. This is the first year where he could have been franchised. Had we could have got him for eleven million, which I know that's fully guaranteed. But a guy who has shown as much promise as he's had, although he has his flaws, although he's not the best safety in the game, although he'll probably never be the best safety in the game, he's a key piece to our defense, especially with James Betcher coming over the defensive coordinator, who loves that kind of versatile safety type. 
Like he used, you know, Tony Jefferson in Arizona and, and uh, Tyron Mathieu and, and other guys. It just doesn't make any sense to not franchise tag him because when you when you one, if there's a free agent out there that we're gonna get, like say maybe Trey Flowers, and they know this is the only reason I would like this move is if they knew they were gonna go get themselves a big name free agent, like say a Trey Flowers or Daryl Williams, and then that deal was already done, and they're like, listen, we can't bring Landon Collins back. Uh, because we have to get this deal done. So that's the only way. But I just don't see that as being an option because you can always remove the franchise tag like Dave Gettleman did with Josh Norman a few years ago. So it just doesn't make sense to me why they didn't use the option of a franchise tag when it seemed to be there would be no harm in doing that. And like I said, unless they just completely do not believe in Landon Collins, which it seems to be that case. And, you know, I talked to Dan Duggan, and, and that I'll get to later, but he hit the home. He hit home the fact that Gettleman really doesn't value safeties, which I get different GMs value different things. I'm not saying safety is the most important part of a defense. But you should value good players, and that's what Landon Collins is. And at 25 years old, to not give him another year, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Landon Collins, when he was first drafted, he was terrible that first year. But then he came into the Landon Collins we know today. He is something. He, he The problem is, though, he will get paid on the safety market, I feel like, because a team like Dallas, Earl Thomas is going to want to take a discount. They can now just look literally next door and see Landon Collins right there. And as as you said, what's the what's the harm in franchise to tag him? Like, yes, I'm happy Landon will at least now get to choose where he wants to go. But, like, we, we have 28-something million in cap space. He, he he said money was an issue. He could have addressed some of this money issue if I'm I'm not saying it's Eli's fault. Let me get that out there now. But Eli has a huge cap hit. You could have maybe taken away some of that, asked for him to take a pay cut. If he d- said no, then my theory is ruined. Uh, Olivier Vernon, you could have asked him to take a pay cut or cut him because it doesn't seem like the Giants have any interest in Olivier Vernon right now. And as you said, Dan Duggan said... Dave Gellman does not have a history of safeties, uh, does not like really pay in safeties. Why is that the case? I don't know. But uh, it's something that also came up to me. Uh, this is just a theory, in my opinion. But do you think this is because Dave Gellman did not draft Landon Collins because he was a Jerry Reese guy? Or is this just because they just really couldn't afford him? What do you think? I think it's a little bit of both because Dave Gettleman showed in his uh, his roster cuts in the preseason last year that he definitely was trying to clean out the Jerry Reese era because there was kind of there was guys that were, you know, looked at to be shoe-ins and they didn't get picked, you know, and you know, I think some of them were good ones, like say Mark Herzlick, who was like Mr. Giant. Yeah. Uh, he was cut in favor of Tay Davis, which I actually fully agree with. But there like I said, there was a few of them where they seemed to be like, you know, done deals. Mm-hmm. Um for example, Darius, uh the safeties, uh, Adam or, or uh, Andrew Adams. Al Adams. Yeah. Andrew Adams. Andrew Adams. Sorry, Al Adams is a friend I have. Um, and then uh, uh, Darian Thompson. Like, you know, we all thought that one of those guys would get cut. But to see both, that was kind of weird. So, yeah, I think Gettleman's biggest flaw would be his ego of doing it his way, where we see in the NFL that the most successful people are the people who adapt to their situation, not, you know, adapt their situation to who they are. Yeah, but Dave Gettleman, I I just think he's blind. He's taken, 
he's not helping James Betcher out. I, like, you're taking away basically every piece. The person we have to maybe fill in for Landon Collins right now is uh, Sean Chandler. We got no one else. Curtis Riley's a free agent. Michael Thomas is more of a special teams and, and a corner type of guy. Yes, he filled it for Landon Collins when he was injured, but he's not the best safety. So I just don't see where this is going. Yes, the safety class this draft is good. So maybe he can go there. You got someone like Taylor Rapp out of uh, Washington University that could replace Landon. But we we don't have a good defense. And if this defense isn't going to get addressed, it doesn't matter how good this offense is. We're going to be giving up so many points. It's going to be useless every Sunday. That being said, you mentioned the uh, the safety free agent market. If we were to get a guy in free agency... Who would you see? The, who would you see being the guy that we get? You know, obviously it's not going to be Earl Thomas. You know, obviously we're not going to pay big bucks to the top guys like Earl Thomas. But I mean, who out of those out of that group do you see us uh, trying to go after? I mean, the guy that kind of needs to prove something right now is Ha Ha Clinton Dix. I mean, he hasn't. He did not have the best year in Green Bay. Then he was traded to Washington. wasn't that good. So he could be someone that could fill that void for Landon Collins. He, him, and Landon are good friends. So. And I feel like James Betcher could work with HaHa Clinton Dix. Maybe if Tyron Mafayu takes a pay cut, he won't, obviously. He could come here due to that history. But I feel like the most probable option, in my opinion, is maybe HaHa Clinton Dix. He needs to prove something to me. Yeah, the four guys that I see being an option, uh, like you said, HaHa Clinton Dix. Uh, Eric Weddle would be my want uh, because you can get him on a one-year or two-year deal. That being said, I think Weddle's going to go with I think there's going to be a market out there for a team that is, you know, more of a win-now team. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner seems like a good piece. I think we could get him, although he might, you know, he might want like a three-, four-year deal. Um, but the guy who really intrigues me that I can see being the more, most realistic is Kenny Vaccaro. Uh, he's a solid guy. He could come and play up in the box a little bit. So, yeah, Kenny Vaccaro would probably be the guy I seem to be the most realistic. Um and Ha Ha Clinton Dix, it'll be interesting because I feel like he is going to garner. I think he's going to kind of want a long term deal too. So, you know, we might not get any of these guys, but yeah, Vicaro and Clinton Dix are are the two guys I see getting the most play from the Giants. Yeah, it's something else I want to say. I put out a question last night, and I was asking people, who would you like to see replace Landon Collins? Many people said they would like to see Landon Collins replace Landon Collins. Yeah. People are bringing up the idea that. If Landon Collins doesn't get the market he wants, he will come back to New York. I don't see that being the case. So either we go through free agency to get our safety, we go through the draft to get our, or get, get our free our safety, or we just hope and pray we find someone to fill in that role for Landon Collins. Yeah, um, yeah, you, you got you know obviously these guys have egos, so Landon Collins will come back. And that reminds me of another point: is more than on the field, Landon Collins is a guy who was extremely respected by, you know, the players, the fans, um, the guys in the organization. So that, like, that is, like, that has a big part of it. Like, guys leave all the time. Like, Snacks left, who was a guy who was pretty respected. You didn't really see, like, all these players coming out and coming out, like, and support for him, like, retired guys and whatnot. But Landon Collins really did. So uh, that was definitely interesting. So, I mean, Jordan Rainin said, you know, like, you know, Gettleman better be careful and wide. I'm not going to that full extent. I He does kind of have a point. Like, you know, you could piss these players off when you're, you know, kind of sending this message that weren't your, you know, your defensive captain just you let walk. 
Yeah, he played, as I said, he played through a torn labrum in the Chicago game. If that was me, I'd be on the field for the next 20 minutes begging for attention because I'm, like, crying in pain. He played through that. And, yes, he's a very respected leader in this locker room. Saquon Barkley, Michael Strahan, big-name players respect Landon Collins. And still, he he's not returning to New York, but he is still doing that celebrity softball game in June. He's not going to be here, yeah, but with, he's, still, he's still doing it for the community. Yeah, with license plate guy. He's he's yeah. a funny follow. Yeah, I like him. Um, uh, I guess uh, to finish it off with a couple more points, uh, Matt Miller, a Bleacher Report, reported that the Giants got offered a first-round pick. I don't believe that at all. The past couple of weeks, I guess this is the first year where I've kind of paid attention to Bleacher Report, like breaking news, and they just seem to be kind of like way off all the time. So I, I don't believe this for one second, do you? No, I, if, as I said on our Twitter, I, the, we're, we're stupid. We're not that stupid. If we were offered a first-round pick for Landon Collins, we, we would have taken that. If we were turning down a third, yeah, maybe that's a different story or something, but a first-round pick, I no way. Also, no team is offering a first-round pick for Landon Collins unless they desperately needed a free safe, a safety and they were heading on to the Super Bowl. So I don't believe that report by Matt Miller. Yeah, teams don't offer first round picks unless you're, you know, you're talking a QB or, or Khalil Mack kind of type. But speaking of QBs that could be traded, Josh Rosen, looking like he is extremely available. I don't care what the Cardinals say, saying that they're not shopping him. Every mock draft now has Kyler Murray going number one. Uh, coming out of the combine, uh, Kim Jones Sports reported that it's almost unanimous around the league that they believe Cardinals will draft Kyler Murray at number one which means Josh Rosen is out. Now, guys like Peter King said Josh Rosen will garner a third. I don't believe that. I think he's going to get a second. Where do you do you think Josh Rosen is a good option? It, it depends. If the Giants view Josh Rosen as something last year, then yeah, they should definitely investigate. Adam Schefter said multiple teams have con- have inquired about Josh Rosen's availability. Arizona didn't give like a vibe that they were going to trade him, but just C- Cliff Kingsbury and recruiting Kyler Murray back when he was at Texas Tech, and now he's the head coach of the Cardinals with the number one pick, it wouldn't shock me if they go Kyler. So I believe Josh is available, and it's just, once again, d- did the Giants view him better than Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield? If they did, then I definitely would try and prime away from Arizona. I, I talked about this on Simple Man Radio Monday. I'm all in on Josh Rosen. I don't I, I would trade and this might make people mad, but I'd almost be willing to trade that first round pick if it comes down to that because and I don't think it will come down to that because you know I think we will have the best second round pick out of anybody that's you know making that deal. And let's say the Redskins were to throw the 15 pick at him. But I am completely all in on Josh Rosen. I like him way better than Dwayne Haskins, way better. Uh, you know, if, if Josh Rosen in this draft, he would be head and shoulders above Haskins, and it would be a battle between him and Kyler for probably the most wanted guy. Um, and depending on who you are, you might like one extremely over the other. And the Giants have kind of made a clear cut that they're not going to go after a guy like Kyler. Uh, they want, you know, a, a tall guy with a, a big arm and, accurate, and who's accurate. And Josh Rosen is extremely accurate. I know his numbers suck from last year, but you go back and watch his film, and it wasn't horrible. Um, and he was behind a horrible offensive line in Arizona and a horrible offensive system in Arizona with not really much weapons besides, you know, a Larry Fitzgerald, who we think is going to retire every single year. 
and he was kind of he was thrown into a bomb situation. I mean, his first drive was literally the two minute warning against the Chicago Bears defense. So, and I mean, if you look go and look at other guys, you know, rookie years, like you know, for, look at Eli Manning, who has been great for us and won us two Super Bowls. His rookie year was absolutely god awful, like 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 record breaking bad. I think you know he threw three touchdowns in the last game of the season. Before that, he had. Uh, three touchdowns and like 10 interceptions. I mean, he was just horrible. So I am all in on Josh Rosen. And then if you could get him for the second round pick and you get the pick best available at the sixth spot, I just feel like that's the best situation. I mean, imagine, you know, going into the draft last year and saying, hey, we could trade our first round pick next year and we're going to get Saquon and Josh Rosen. And I don't think any Giants fan would wink at that. The only thing you could say is the injuries, that whole morale thing, which I – I won't say I bought into it, but I don't think it was like completely gone. You know, like his, his mindset. I don't think that's anything you can look into now. Um, he's, you know, Arizona said he's a great locker room guy. The injuries weren't a problem last year. And I am all in on Josh Rosen. Well, we have to acknowledge that Dwayne Haskins, in my opinion, he's talking his way to being a giant. And apparently they liked him in their interviews. Mike Shula even worked with him a little bit during the combine. But to the Josh Rosen point, we have to – Pat Shermer, he, he's made some bad QBs quite good. Case Keenum from went from a, a nothing in St. Louis to all of a sudden being like an MVP candidate in uh, 20, uh, 2017. And then we have to look. Eli Manning, yes, did he struggle? Yes, but – he was very good towards the end of the season once he really settled into Shermer's offensive scheme. So if Josh Rosen was to come to New York, could Pat Shermer develop him? Yes, I believe so. And if that would be impressive to me if Dave Gunnerman would be able to draft Saquon Barkley and then get a quarterback from that stacked draft class. Because who knows, maybe the Giants viewed Josh Rosen better than Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, the two top guys that went before him. So, really, if the Giants can get Josh Rosen, I'm, right now, I'm not in on Josh Rosen yet like you are. Because I still feel like maybe Haskins could be the guy. But maybe I'll just be sitting there one day after looking at some Josh Rosen tape and be like, I want him now on my team. So, I may need some time, but I could totally see the idea of the Giants trading Josh Rosen. Maybe not for the first round pick, maybe like a second if that's what they want, but I could definitely see that. Yeah. It's, it, it it would be hard to trade the six. Um, I'm not going to say I'd be willing to at this point, although it's tempting. But for me, if it's the second-round pick, no doubt. And if you believe he is a guy, trade him the six because you're, we're, tra- we're going to be drafting who we think is a guy. And people are saying, oh, we need – like I've seen a lot of people say, oh, we need a guy that's on a rookie deal. The guy's on his rookie deal. Uh, he You know, he, had the, he has a four-year, 17 mil, the rookie deal, with, you know, obviously the fifth-year team option. Well, the Cardinals paid all of that on the, the from the roster bonus, so we'd be getting him for like Alex Tanny money. You know, Dan Duggan talked about that. I think we'd own like seven mil for the next three years. I mean, even if he didn't work out, he'd be a very cheap backup and as good a backup as you could get. But that being said, I believe he would work out. And if I see that, if I see Josh Rosen the Giants, I'll be way more excited than I will be with a Dwayne Haskins pick, maybe a Kyler Murray one. Would it be more exciting to me and maybe a better option? But I just don't think that's realistic. Um, and then it obviously won't be a realistic if Josh Rose is being shot because the Cardinals are going to take him. And and let me add on that. And I know we're getting really into the draft, uh, which is, you know, it's a ways away at this point. 
and you know we need to cover free agency you know more than the draft right now yeah. but you are going to have to trade up if Kyler's the number one pick you have to trade up to get Haskins and are we willing to trade up when you could get a guy like Rosen for a second round pick we also have to realize the Cardinals could be throwing a smoke screen right now to try and get a a QB desperate team like the Giants or Washington to trade up and and get maybe a steal for that first overall pick. So, yes, now it's more clear to me than ever that if the Giants want their quarterback, they have to trade up. There's no if, and, or buts about it. Because if the Cardinals draft Kyler Murray number one, this whole draft is going into a frenzy. So if they can get Josh Rosen, maybe, as I said, I'm still not convinced on it yet. But maybe my mind will turn around as we get closer to the draft. Right, right, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to, you know, convince you. I'm just saying I really believe in Rosen. And you just made me think of something. If Kyler goes and one to Arizona, and like you said, Arizona might be throwing out a smoke screen, they better not throw out too many smoke screens because before you know it, the Jets will trade that number three pick, which they've already said they're willing to. And, you know, last year the Colts traded the number three pick. I think it was like a week into free agency. So I, they, they, they better, be, you know, get their ducks in a row quick. Because the Jets can trade the number three pick, you know, within the first week of free agency. You know, not everything waits till the day of the, you know, of the week of the draft anymore. So they could be, you know, they could be playing hardball and end up shooting themselves in the foot because, you know, a Washington or ourselves or, or the Jaguars trade up to number three. And then they just lost out uh, a dance partner in the Josh Rosen trade. Now, I remember, yeah, it was, it was uh, St. Patrick's Day. And I remember reading the, uh, that the Jets traded up with the Colts for the free. I can easily see the Giants trying to trade with the Jets to get to that uh, number three spot because I feel like the Jets, because the Jets right now, in my pit, are in a position of power. They can really also determine how this draft ends up because because the QB needed team, in my opinion, is looking at that number three spot because, in my opinion, you need to get the three to get the quarterback you want because the uh, what's their name, the Forty ers they're most likely going edge rusher because they don't need a quarterback because obviously they have Jimmy Garoppolo. The forty, uh, the Cardinals... Don't forget those, Nick Mullins, the GOAT. Nick, Nick Mullins, yes, obviously. And, uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, the Cardinals, they're most likely going to go quarterback or they could go Nick Bosa. Who, who knows? This is why I love this time of year. We really have no idea what's going to happen. So... That's why I think the Jets have the best position in this draft. They they really can dictate how uh, draft night ends up. Definitely, man. It's going to be a wild month and a half for Giants because it's it's there's so much on the table. Uh, obviously, this Landon Collins stuff will die down. We'll get in the free agency. Um, yeah, so do you have anything else on Rosen or Landon Collins? Um, no, we, we covered those two quite well. Yeah. Uh, the other moves that happened today, uh, Elijah Penny, John Halapio, and Algic Rosas uh, were were tagged. Or what? What is the term for that, Danny? Uh, uh, they were tendered. They they are exclusive rights free agents. So right, right. They, they were under us basically. Um, I agree with all those. Obviously, Rosas had a Pro Bowl year. Halapio, um, even if he doesn't start. Uh, he's good depth, you know. We we still don't know fully what he is, uh, you know, after that leg injury. Uh, Penny, uh, I don't like him because you know Shane Smith is a friend of mine, and he replaced him. And Penny hasn't responded to my request for an interview, so I don't care. How, I don't care how good he is. I'm going to be biased against him. 
Uh, obviously, if we didn't uh, tender Rosas, I'm not sure I would root for this team at this point because he is very good. Uh, Jalapio. How do you say his name? Is it Jalapio or Jalapio? How do you say it? I'll say Jalapio. You could, Actually, you say Jalapio. I'll say um, Jalapio. I think it's, it's Jalapio. Now, All right, well, now that I say Jalapio out... Out loud, it's Jalapio. All right, we're going to go Jalapio. Obviously, he is Dave Gettleman's guy. Uh, I don't see Spencer Pulley. Maybe they'll bring him back to compete, but he won that job over Brett Jones. And then Elijah Penny. I'm, 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 obviously, I don't have the friendship with Shane Smith, as you do. So, But I do uh, say Quan likes him. He proved his worth, really, when he got the ball. So I like Elijah Penny coming back. I agree with all the moves. They were really no-brainers. Yeah, definitely. All, all, like you said, all, all these moves are no-brainers. Uh, Jamon Brown, there hasn't much, been much chatter about him. He seemed excited to come back to the Giants. That being said, he, you know, he is an unrestricted free agent. And, you know, with what he did with the Giants, I, I see him getting some offers. I know he, he is a second-tier guy, but I really think the Giants need to do what they can to bring him back. Unless they somehow they have kept this on the lowest of low, there is no way, in my opinion, you cannot bring back Jamal Brown. The guy even said he'd be willing to take some form of a discount. I mean, at that point, he's just like he's saying to like us, like, bring me back now, please. So, and he, yes, was he the biggest reason why our offensive line became better in the end? No, Will Hernandez finally came into his role. Chad Wheeler got a little better, not great. I don't want him back, but a little better. And then Jamal Brown, obviously, he's just a stud at that right guard position. So if he's not brought back, I, I don't know what our sense of direction is. And I just, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it'll be interesting to what we see, what we do in, at the right tackle position. I think it might be something we address in free agency. Uh, obviously, Darrell Williams is, I guess, the guy that everyone thinks we would go after. Uh, one, he's probably you know the best right tackle on the market, and the whole uh, connection with Dave Gettleman, you know, being from Carolina. Although, you know, I don't think we should be signing players based off connections, a la Jonathan Stewart. But uh, it'll definitely be interesting. I get, you know, we'll obviously get way more into free agency next week. Uh, before we kick it to Dan Duggan, uh, we am I missing anything, Danny? Uh, no, we covered everything we needed to. Collins obviously being lost. The Rosen rumors, all the guys getting tenured, and uh, Jamal Brown, that should be brought back. So, yeah, let's kick it over to Dan Duggan. All right, sounds good. All right, so that's Danny. I'm Bobby. I'll you know, I'll put a little send-out message at the end. Uh, we're going to kick it to Dan Duggan, but first, a word from our sponsor. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. There, another issue I want to address this. All right, we now welcome on to the Talking Giants program for the first time. A friend of mine, a friend of Simple Man Radio of The Athletic, Dan Duggan. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Definitely, man. Uh, so let's let's just jump right into it. Landon Collins. With, uh, you know, we'll get into some details, but basically, why do you think the Giants let Landon Collins walk away? Uh, you know, I'm kind of kicking myself as a reporter for not seeing this coming, because if you really went, if, I did the other day, but I, like I said, it was a little late. 
if you look at Dave Gettleman's track record as a general manager, he just does not value the safety position. Uh, you know, he's had six drafts now, never taken one before the fourth round. Uh, and in free agency, you know, he's never spent any sort of big money. You know, his biggest uh, contract, I believe, was he gave Kurt Coleman a, a three-year extension for like $15 million. So, I mean, that, that kind of showed uh, it was unlikely that he was willing to go into uh, eight figures uh, for a safety like Landon Collins. So, um, you know, I, I think that they, you know, he doesn't value the position. Uh, and obviously with Landon, um, there's questions, you know, is his strength worth paying for when you figure that, you know, he, his weakness certainly is uh, in pass coverage. And that's a big part of, you know, defense obviously nowadays and, and becoming more and more every season. Um, so, I mean, I think that's their point of view. I mean, obviously, I'm sure we'll get into it. There's there's a flip side to that. And, and there's plenty of pros uh, in the signing Landon category. But if you ask me why, um, you know, they let him walk, I think, you know, really boils down to just what they value and, and what they don't. And clearly Landon fit into the category of, of what they don't value, at least at, at that level. Right. And I somewhat agree that, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily be worth, you know, willing to give Landon Collins, you know, a long term contract, at least not right now. But I mean, what what do you think led him to not even franchise tagging him to, you know, maybe, you know, giving him another year to see what happens? Because I, I just I feel like that's there's like a it's a it's a there's no loss when you, you know, put the franchise tag on a guy like that and kind of give him another year to you know see what happens. Right. I mean, that that was my assumption. That's why I just really never seriously you know, even looked into Gettleman's background because I figured all right, maybe they don't come to some five year, you know, 60 million dollar contract. But, you know. Give him the franchise tag. He's a good player. He's a young player. He's a captain. Uh, and, and kind of see if he can work it out. But it really just became clear that that wasn't a road Gettleman wanted to go down. Because the thing is, let's say you sign him to a long-term deal. As we all know, you can manipulate the cap early in that deal. So the number would actually be, even if it's more than $11 million per year, it would be a lower cap in year one. They, you know, they always do that. Um, so I think that, you know, the fact that it would be a hard $11 million if you're going to franchise him, and then there's no secret that Landon, you know, in his camp would not have been happy on the tag. So uh, I think you'd be looking, he, he's repped by the same agent who reps Earl Thomas, who didn't show up until, you know, I think four days before the season opener last year when he wasn't happy with his contract, contract situation. So I think you would have seen basically the same thing. And again, you can weigh the pros and cons. How big of a distraction would that really be? But Gettleman made it clear that that was something weighing into the decision, knowing that Landon wouldn't just show up and be the good soldier he had been for four years if he was tagged. Um, I think he just decided to cut bait and, um, you know, again, the jury's still way out on that decision. Um, but that's just at least the thought process that got us to this point. Definitely. And obviously there's been some, you know, revisionist history, uh, you know, since, you know, since yesterday. Um, and obviously I thought about this a lot and I got a few theories. I, I want to throw out a few. What do you think about the possibility that maybe, you know, cause deals, I know the free agency doesn't start till next week, but we all know that some deals are probably in place with certain teams. I mean, what do you think about the idea that they maybe knew they were going to go get a guy like, say, Trey Flowers or something? And, you know, that's why they didn't even, you know, bother doing the franchise tag. Uh, I mean, I think that that's a possibility. And I think even if they don't have a deal in place, I, I, I think it just kind of keeps going back to that value point where um, Dave Gelman doesn't want to spend money on a safety. He wants to spend money on offensive line, defensive line. So whether he knows which guy he can go spend that $11 million on, that kind of remains to be seen. But, you know, you know there's going to be guys out there that are going to cost, uh, you know, decent money if they want to, you know, fortify the lines. You know, let's just say Darrell Williams, uh, the tackle from Carolina, who's been linked to the Giants a lot, you know, kind of an obvious connection with, with Gettleman drafting him down there. Uh, you know, you're basically going to probably just take the land and money and shift most of it over to a guy like that. So, yeah, sure, sure that, that definitely weighed in. And that's why Gettleman hammered home the point that, you know, 
nothing happens in a vacuum. You know, maybe he does love Landon Collins and would be happy to have him for 11 million, but he kept going to the point. Well, that eats up, you know, uh, you know, you only have a finite amount of cap space that eats up a, a huge chunk of it. And maybe it does limit you from, you know, investing in a position where Gettleman, you know, clearly values more. So I think that it, it all, it all, you know, plays in together. And, and I think, again, that's, that's how we, you know, you end up letting a guy like Landon walk. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we all know, you know, the right tackle position and the offensive line as a whole needs, needs work. Um, a couple more things on Collins. I know you said, you know, uh, Gettleman doesn't really value the safety position that much. That being said, there, there's a lot of safeties who are supposed to be free agents. Um, and they're not all going to get top money. So, I mean, what do you think about, you know, the possibility of getting a guy like Adrian Amos or, or Eric Weddle? Yeah, I mean, I think you definitely – that helps the Giants, that, that it is sort of a, a buyer's market in, in the safety market this offseason. Um, but, you know, the top guys are still going to get top money. If you weren't willing to pay Landon, you know, $11 million a year, I don't think you're going to go spend that on, you know, the top guys, the Earl Thomases and the Tyron Matthews, those guys. I think Adrian Amos uh, feels like underrated because maybe he wasn't a household name, but I think he's going to get big money. I don't, you might not get what those guys get, but it's not going to be much less. Maybe Weddle, just because you factor in age, now you're probably starting to get more into the tier where uh, the Giants would be comfortable. And um, Gettleman certainly puts a lot of value on veterans and locker room guys. And, you know, Weddle seems to really uh, be strong in that department. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying there. Weddle might not want to come to the Giants either. You got to figure he's a, he's a veteran getting up there. I would think, you know, playing for a contender would be uh, high on his list. So, like, like anything with free agency, it's, you know, it's a two way street. And that's, again, kind of where it goes back to you, head Collins under your control you could, could, could you know eliminate all the variables and just say we're tagging him he's going to be on the new york giants in 2019 you start playing the the game of oh well there's other guys out there well there's no guarantee they're going to come here or there's no guarantee that these teams with you know 80 million dollars in cap space won't just blow them out of the water and even if you know you had a spot for a guy now all of a sudden you can't get into a bidding war with a team that has so much more cap space than you so uh, i i mean i'm sure they'll be able to find you know a decent safety Will he be at Landon Collins' caliber? No. Will he cost as much as Landon Collins? You know, probably not. So I think that's the trade-off they're willing to make. Definitely. Um, and to finish it off with the Landon Collins, Matt Miller and Bleacher Report came out and said that the Giants were offered a first round. And I know a lot of guys have refuted that. Is, is there any truth to that? Because to me, that just doesn't make any sense that, you know, they were offered a first for the guy. No, I mean, I mean, listen, I can't definitively say that that's 100% not true. You know, obviously, I don't know where you heard that from, but I haven't heard anything along those lines. And it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, uh, you know, first round pick is premium value. And if, if you're even thinking that you didn't want to keep Landon Collins long term, and even if you want to keep him long term, you know, you'd know you have to you know, make a big financial commitment. I just can't see any scenario where the Giants would turn down a first round pick. Now, I mean, the, at the time of the trade deadline, there were reports that it was third round picks being offered. And, and I think mean, that's where you still can get into the criticism of Gettleman. Uh, assuming those were accurate, why not trade? Why not pull the trigger then when you can get a third round pick in 2019 for Collins rather than a couple months later, letting him walk. You don't, you're not guaranteed to get anything. I know everyone just says, Oh, they'll get a third round comp pick. I mean, not necessarily because you know, that's a complicated formula and they're going to spend money to bring free agents in and, and that'll cancel out and you know, some, whatever Collins gets. So um, I think that, it was a bad move if, if, you know, assuming these third round offers were on the table, but it would be complete malpractice if he, if he turned out a first. And I just, I can't believe that that's the case. Yeah. It, it was kind of shocking when Matt Miller said that, but you, you led to uh, a next question, compensatory picks. I'm extremely intrigued by them, but I don't fully understand them. I mean, could you kind of break down like what goes into that? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll first say, A, the, the formula is secret. Like, the NFL doesn't release the exact formula. I mean, there's people who study it. Are, are, you know, every, every team obviously has people who study it and have a pretty good handle on it. Um, and there's an expert. His name is Nick. I might butcher the last name. It's Corte, K-O-R-T-E. And you can find him on Twitter. He, he writes for Over the Cap, which is a great resource. And he's really locked into it. And even he got it wrong because everyone thought the Giants were getting a fourth and a fifth this year. And they only ended up getting a fifth. And to try and, you know, I, I can only speak in dumbed down terms because that's, that's all I understand of it. Basically, it's a formula that involves, you know, obviously what a guy's salary is, his playing time. And then there's another category for postseason honors. But, I mean, you know, I don't know exactly how those, those weigh in. But the big ones are salary and playing time. So if you sign, if you lose Landon Collins and he's getting $10 million a year, but then, and he plays, you know, he's healthy and plays the whole season. And then you sign Darrell Williams. And he's healthy and plays all season, and his contract's ten million dollars a year. They just cancel out, so you don't get anything for him. So I mean, the teams that are really good at mastering the the comp picks, and you know, the Patriots kind of, you know, as usual, kind of set the pace there. They let Nate Solder walk, and you know, he's getting whatever it is, sixteen, seventeen million a year, and they didn't make a big free agent signing like that. So bang, they get a third round pick, and that's the that's the best you can do too. I think um, you know people need to keep that in perspective. You're talking end of the third round, so. Uh, that's ninety pick number ninety-seven, uh, pretty much at the earliest. So it's not exactly a premium pick. Hey, it's a it's a nice you can get a nice player there, um, but you definitely have to weigh that, especially if you're trying to build a team. Whereas the Patriots are kind of the uh, the exception, not the rule. But I mean, that's really how it works. If you if you let a guy like Solder leave for big money, don't replace him. You're in line to get a, a you know a third round pick. Um, but when you start, you know, you make four or five signings, you let four or five guys go. They sort of cancel out, and you, you know you saw the movement the Giants had last off season, and it all netted out at the end of the day with a you know pick at the end of the fifth round. So it's it's not a uh, a foolproof thing that oh we lost a big free agent we're, we're cashing in on a top comp pick. Yeah, and like you said, it was wild to see the Patriots and the Rams were you know both got two third round picks out of it. Um, Jamon Brown, you know we talked about him last time we talked. Uh, he seems to be kind of a fan favorite on the offensive line. I think it was just. More of, you know, we were, they were so bad at the beginning of the season that anything was better. Uh, we haven't heard much about him. Are, are we expecting him to re-sign with the Giants? You know, it's funny. Like, the Collins hoopla kind of just dominated everything in Indianapolis. I had, you know, plans to, to dig in on a lot more of these second-tier guys like a Jamon Brown and, and just really was so consumed with the Collins stuff. So, in the next, you know, free agency is only a couple of days away. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit more digging on that. But, yeah, you know, you haven't heard anything that indicates that, you know, they're engaged in any sort of negotiations with the Giants. I mean, He's more of a second-tier guy anyways. I mean, I wouldn't think he'll, they'll come out of the gates and, and have a deal for him because, you know, you have to kind of see how the market shapes out with the top guys typically before a guy like him signs. Uh, I would assume, um, and this is, again, without really digging into it too deeply, the Giants would be open to bringing him back, you know, and as, as with everything, if the price is right. And he definitely seems open to coming back. But it's hard to sit here right now and say only because we have no idea, you know, what that market is going to shape up just for guards in general and specifically for him. Um, so, you know, like anything else, they're going to have to kind of let, let the, uh, the numbers dictate that decision. Right. Right. Yeah. And he's, I mean, like you said, he seems to be, to want to come back. I, I want to move on to the other extremely controversial situation with the giants, the quarterback position. So, you know, since the combine and Kyler came out at, you know, five ten two oh seven, uh, it seems like every mock draft has Kyler at number one, which would mean R- Rosen's on his way out. What do you what do you think is the likelihood that the Giants end up with a guy like Rosen, you know, for you know, say a second or a third round pick? And then two, do you think that's a good decision? I'll answer the second part first because it's it's kind of so early and there's so much kind of unknowns. It's it's really impossible to say exactly, you know, 
what the Cardinals are going to do, you know, if Rosen will definitely be available. But I would say if he becomes available, I think the Giants should pounce on that. I mean, and that's why I don't really believe that he will end up being, I know there's been reports that, you know, it might just be a third round pick. I have a hard time believing that'll be the price tag for a guy who was a top 10 pick a year ago. And the Cardinals have already paid, you know, his bonus money. I mean, he would come, he would come Alex Tanny cheap, basically. I mean, there's, six million dollars left on his deal for the next three years for whoever picks him up so i mean i don't see how you could pass on that worst case scenario you got a really good backup um or a guy you could move in a year whatever it may be so i think the teams who need quarterbacks you know teams have to have liked really actually an easy decision you can, that way you can use your sixth pick on a an edge rusher which there's sure to be good ones of those available when they're on the clock so if it was up to me because I, I liked Rosen in the pre-draft process and I mean whatever happened last year doesn't really change change my view on a guy as a rookie in a horrible situation with a terrible offense terrible offensive line coach getting fired after one year I mean not many guys are gonna thrive in that setting but uh, I would pull the trigger if it's especially I mean I wouldn't give up six probably I mean I, I, don't, I don't think I'd go that far but if it's a second round pick third round pick whatever it may be I would I would definitely do it because there's a very good chance you have your franchise quarterback right there. And even if you're wrong, it, it, like I said, it costs you nothing. It costs you a backup quarterback salary, a cheap backup quarterback salary. So uh, I would definitely think they'd be involved uh, if, if indeed he becomes available. Yeah, like you said, personally, I love the idea. And I would almost be willing to you know, throw the six in there. Um, you know, Obviously, you know, things change with time. But yeah, I, I think if he were to come out this year, I think he'd be the number one QB by far, you know, I mean, look at how stacked last year's QB class was. I think he'd definitely be graded uh, above Haskins and, and possibly even Kyler. Um, but uh, alluding to those two guys, Kyler and Haskins, um, which of those guys do you prefer? And if the Giants are going to get one of those guys, do you see them having to trade up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they'll definitely have to trade up. Uh, I, I think, especially if you're saying Murray's going to go one, I don't think Haskins slides all the way to six. I mean, there's there's chatter that the Raiders could take him, um, but there's also the much bigger possibility of another team trading up. So you're going to sit at six and, and kind of hope the guy gets to you. Uh, I don't think that's the best uh, approach. Um, you know, I, I can see the Giants being much more, if they're going to take one of those two guys and assuming they have the option, which they probably won't, I just can't see them taking Murray. He'd be such a departure from, you know, kind of everything they're built on. They're a size, speed organization. They have been, you know, going back to the George Young days. And, and we all know Gettleman's a throwback. Uh, I just don't see them taking the risk of going with a guy who's, you know, 5'10", you know, 200 and whatever pounds and just plays a totally different style. Now, right or wrong, you know, you can argue if that would be uh, the right way to approach it. But I just think that's how they operate. Haskins checks a lot more of the traditional, you know, prototype uh, quarterback traits that they're looking for um so if he's there at six i i think they would pull the trigger um and gettleman's made it clear that he wants to copy that kansas city model i mean who doesn't i mean you, you know the chiefs uh took the guy who became the quarterback the mvp of the league in the second year so yeah that's a pretty good model to follow um but if haskins is there uh and assuming you know he, he continues to check all the boxes as this process goes along uh I, I think that they would probably end up pulling the trigger on him Definitely. Well, Dan, I, I, got, I could sit here and talk to you for another 20 minutes, uh, especially about draft. But that being said, well, you know, we'll, hopefully we could get you back on before then. Uh, so I don't want to take too much more of your time. Uh, but I'll finish it off with this. Who, if, the, if you know, say they you know, get Rosen in, in a trade for a second or a third, who do you think is going to be the best available guy that's there at six? You see him you know, going with a guy like Devin White or best available at O-line? That's a good question. Obviously, there's a lot of variables to that question. And if you're talking about 
Murray and Haskins, let's say they both go in the top five, then someone, someone pretty talented is going to fall, you know, fall down to the Giants at six. Um, you know, it seems like Bosa's the consensus best player in the draft. So I don't think there's any chance he'd be there. And, uh, Josh Allen's constantly, um, you know, listed in that group. But I think there's still so many quality pass rushers. You know, I don't know if it'd be Ed Oliver or Sean Gary, or you can kind of go on down the list of, um, you know, kind of pick which guy best fits what the Giants like and who they fall in love with. But I think that would be the direction you'd go. I mean, sure, it'd be nice to to take an offensive lineman, but I don't know if there's anybody worthy at that number six spot. And again, we have so many, you know, really good pass rushers, and that's a, certainly a need for this team. I think that's the direction they'd go. Definitely. All right, so uh, I'll let you go. But before that, uh, can you kind of tell the people, you know, where to find you? Obviously, The Athletic, which is, you know, I completely vow that it's worth the subscription. Um, but where to find you on Twitter and all that good stuff? Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, this is I'm actually coming up on my one year anniversary at The Athletic. It's been great. And, um, you know, it's really continuing to grow. So it's nice to hear that uh, the people have responded and they're subscribing and reading. And, um, you know, I, I give the stuff away for free on Twitter, too, uh, all the time. It's uh, ddugan 21 um, So that's where you're going to get a lot of my kind of running commentary. And then The Athletic is a little bit more thought put into uh, to what I'm putting out there. Definitely, Dan. Well, we always love having you on and uh, we hope to talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. All right. See you, Dan. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks again, Dan Duggan, for coming on. We'll definitely have him on before the draft to talk about that. Uh, make sure to follow us at Talking Giants. That's at Talking T-A-L-K-I-N Giants. Um, we were thinking about doing Talking G-Men, but then it'd just be Talking Men. Not a good idea. Follow our personal at Bobby Skinner NFL, at Danny King NFL. I'm still trying to get him to change his to Danny Boy King. Uh, I don't think he likes that nickname as much as I do. I don't think he likes it one iota. All right, make sure to do it. Subscribe, rate, review, and do all that good stuff, and we'll see you guys next week. We're going to probably do two week, two episodes next week, one previewing free agency and then one a recap of the first day and a half. So until then, go Big Blue.